Welcome everyone to Breaking Big Blue. I'm your host Jordan Ronan, ESPN, ESPN. I'm back. My voice is back, right? I sound a little bit better this week. This is the No Respect episode. Think about this for a second. The New York Giants are 5-1. and one. They're winning. They beat the Ravens. They beat the uh, Packers the last two weeks. Giants are going to Jacksonville this week. Going to Jacksonville. Jacksonville. The Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay? Mind you, the Jacksonville Jaguars, who have just lost to the Houston Texans and the Indianapolis Colts, a game which they completely blew against the Colts. Let Matt Ryan throw for over 400 yards. Matt Ryan, who, by the way, is shot, okay? Matt Ryan is done. So they're going to play in Jacksonville. Giants are 5-1, and one, finding ways to win. They're three-point underdogs. Three-point underdogs. So we'll talk about that a little bit in this episode. We're also going to speak to the one offensive player for the Giants that really has a chance to elevate them to the next level immediately, right now. So stay tuned for that in a couple minutes. I think you're going to like that interview. Let's talk for a second, though, about this win over the Ravens. Okay. Giants, another come-from-behind win. Just This was a miracle. This was a miracle win. You have to, you have, we have to be fair and be honest. The Giants are down 10, 20 to 10. Their offense looks like there's no way they're going to score points. They're down 20 to 10 with about, they get the ball back around 11 minutes left. Go down the field and score a touchdown, which, by the way, amazing quality of this team right now. Every time they need to go down the field and score, they're doing it. Like they're not explosive offensively overall. At all. But every time they need to go down the field, Daniel Jones is taking them down the field to score. And it actually made me look up some of their stats. Like they're they're not they're twenty third in passing, I believe eighteenth in total offense. I mean twenty third in offense, uh eighteenth in defense. So not particularly great in either side. But yet they're five and one. But then you go and look at and they're thirty first in passing, by the way. Thirty first. So we'll talk about where this is sustainable long term in a minute. But their efficiency, like you go to passing efficiency, they're actually really high. They're top 10 in offensive efficiency. The thing is they know they're limited. Look at their receivers. Playing with practice squad receivers, great to have Wandale Robinson back already, their number one receiver, in 14 snaps. He's their top wide receiver. I mean, that goes to show you what they have at at wide receiver. Like they're dying for anybody, anybody to step in there and be competent and sufficient and make make plays consistently so he's back off the knee injury barely played they're trying to get him ramped up right you're talking about a rookie who played nine snaps in the opener before getting injured and then missed the next four games so you're gonna bring him back slowly little by little more and more into the offense but that's definitely a quality sign scored a touchdown caught three balls let all their receivers with 37 yards so, instant jump for the offense. Instant spark with Wondell Robinson back. Daniel Jones still playing well. Arrows tilted up. Four game-winning drives this season. Top 15 in QBR. I mean, I don't know if you – look, the basic dolt can sit there and look at the stats and be like, Daniel Jones stinks, he's still not good. If you're watching these games and you don't think that Daniel Jones is a quality starting quarterback, I don't know what to tell you. I really don't. It's the narrative shifters, right? the narrative creators, the guys who 
just want to. They have a narrative. They, Daniel Jones turns the ball over. He, you know, he 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 can't play. Look at his stats. He has five touchdown passes. It's those dolts that they're never going to believe in him. They're never going to think he's good unless he goes and plays on a better team and throws the ball around the yard 30, 40 times a game. Puts up big numbers. But that's not going to happen here. The Giants know, A, they don't have the weapons. B, they don't have the offensive line to do that. Right? Their offensive line is not a great pass-protecting line. Evan Neal struggled in that regard at right tackle. Mark Lewinsky's not the best pass protector. Left guard is a problem. John Feliciano, not great either. So, I mean, you're talking about a line that, while they've done an excellent job in the run game, is not great in the pass game. They've been better. They've been better the past few weeks. But they've been better in part because you, you're limiting them. Saying, okay, we're only going to go back and throw the ball 24 times. Six of those are going to be naked boots. Right? Another 10, to, 10 or 12 are going to be play action. So now you're talking about 18 of the 24 dropbacks essentially trying to protect your offensive line, which is the right thing to do. Mike Kafka, Brian Dable, they're doing it perfectly. They're maximizing their personnel perfectly at the time, at the moment. And that's why the Giants, a big part of why the Giants are 5-1. and one. Wink Martindale's calling the right plays at the right time. You know, the his, his unit is, bend but not break is not the right term for it because they're a little better than that. They're not just like, we'll let everybody go down the field. But when they do let someone in the red zone, they're coming up big consistently. Now, it takes a little luck. Takes a little magic to win in the NFL. Giants got it the other day. They should thank the lucky stars, thank the Baltimore Ravens, thank Lamar Jackson. Baltimore had a chance, much like Tennessee did in the opener, to really blow that game open early. Made mistakes late. Lamar made an awful play. First of all, the game was essentially over, if not for an illegal procedure, which, by the way, Baltimore, five false starts slash illegal procedures. Jeez. Awful. Now, Wink Martindale had a little wrinkle in there. Little wrinkle, he had his offensive line shift at the last minute, caused a bunch of those, which I thought was smart. But still, Baltimore, they converted that third and one. Like It was like three minutes left. They have a third and one. They convert it pretty easily with Lamar. But essentially, the game was very close to over at that point. Nope. Illegal procedure. Fine. Third and six now. Mess up the snap. Lamar's not looking. Takes it. Chucks it in the air. Julian Love makes a good play. Good return. Giants take advantage. Score a touchdown. Kayvon Thibodeau then goes, gets the big sack. He's playing better. That's also another positive. He's playing better. You see he's just creating more havoc. Disruptive. Like, was what they were looking for. By the way, I'm going to get in a minute to uh, some of the other guys about whether they're coming back or not, like the Aziz Ojolari's, Tony Galladay, Shane Lemieux, Nick Gates, Tony Jefferson. Give you injury updates on them in a minute. But, you know, Dexter Lawrence playing great up front. Kayvon Thibodeau being more disruptive. Tay Crowder doing his job in the middle. Adoree Jackson playing probably the best I've ever seen Adoree Jackson play. Xavier McKinney's a quality player. And Julian Love, tons of credit to Julian Love. I thought he was a piece. I thought he was one of those spare pieces, those utility men probably would get exposed a little bit if he had to play full-time. No, he's been really good. A lot of credit to Julian Love. He's been really, really good. But still, nobody, apparently, outside of Giants fans, respects this team. And I get it. They're not overly, overly talented. They're not especially fun to watch from an offensive perspective. They're not explosive. You know how many 20-plus plays, explosive plays they had in that Baltimore game? 
Zero. Goose egg. So I get it. They're not aesthetically pleasing, but they're not making mistakes. They're not shooting themselves in the foot. They're not killing themselves. And they're not losing games because of that. Five and one. At this point, I expect them to make the playoffs. They go five and six the rest of the way. And remember, this is a cake schedule. This is an easy schedule. Upcoming next four games. At Jacksonville, at Seattle, versus Houston, versus Detroit. I mean, two and two would be somewhat disappointing. So you're going in at that point to Thanksgiving and, and that Cowboys game. Say you go two and two at seven and three. I mean, you should make the playoffs at that point. So no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Now there's some natural regression I would expect from this team. You can't be have zero 20 plus yard plays from scrimmage and win many games in the NFL. Just not going to happen. You have to throw the ball eventually. You have to throw the ball better. Now, maybe they can get better. I think that's what you're hoping for. The offensive line continues to get better. They continue to get healthier. Wandale Robinson gets back. Kadarius Toney at some point gets back, which I don't see. By the way, okay, let's get into the injuries. We'll roll this right into the little injury updates. I don't see Kadarius Toney being back so soon. Probably talking about another two or three weeks at least. Before he gets back, like this week doesn't look like it's happening. Be stunned if it happens this week. Kenny Galladay as well. So earliest is next week against Seattle. Tony, it might even be the week after. You know, he he messed up his hamstring, hurt the other hamstring. It's not great. It's gonna be out a few more weeks. Galladay, same thing. Isn't that close at this time. But let's just say you can get them back by Thanksgiving, those two guys. And I think that's reasonable for sure. Expect both of them, barring setbacks, to be back by Thanksgiving. Get something out of them. Should be able to help. Especially Tony. They get something out of Kadarius. I'm not sure what you can get out of Gallaudet. Remember, even when he was healthy, he wasn't really playing. Aziz Ojolari will give this defense a boost, I assume, this week. He really could have probably played last week against the Ravens. But they wanted to make sure... Like yeah, this is first of all, he hurt his other calf this time. So now he's had both calves injured so far this season. You want to play it safe. That's an injury that can nag. Those are annoying injuries, calf. If you ever had a calf injury, they suck. They linger. You still feel it for months. So you got to be careful with Ojolari here. But I expect him to be back this week against the Jaguars. Nick Gates getting close. It'll be interesting to see how the Giants handle this. Do it like they have, they're going to have to make a decision on Nick Gates of whether they think he's still playing at a high enough level. Where they see him at a high enough level where they want to activate him. I hope for him he is. His first padded practice was this week, so let's see how he does, how he did, actually, and how he sort of comes out of it and moves forward with that. But it would be great to have Nick Gates there as a backup center, as a backup guard, as a swing option. Shane Lemieux, too. Look, he was on the scooter at the beginning of the year, which sort of indicates he had surgery on that toe. But my understanding with Shane Lemieux is the second half of the season, having him back is realistic. Now, I think Ben Bredesen has probably earned himself the starting left guard spot, and Shane Lemieux's coming back from an injury. It's going to take time. But those two guys would give that offensive line depth, which I think is important. So Nick Gates possibly being activated as early as Next week, Shane Lemieux back by, you know, the middle of the second half of the season. Maybe that Thanksgiving time area. 
against the Cowboys. And then Tony Jefferson, who went on IR recently, he's also looking to be back after the bye week, the second half of the season. He hurt his foot. I believe he has a sprained foot. So that's really the update. The one guy I don't really know about is Ellerson Smith. I haven't really heard much about him coming back. I think that, look, it, the Giants at the moment, Shane Zimenez had been playing really well. He's a little banged up now. But Thibodeau's back. Ojolari's about to be back. Jihad Moore's playing really well. They're probably going to take their time intentionally with a guy like Ellerson Smith. So that's the injury roundup, at least the serious injuries. I mean, a guy like Saquon's dealing with his shoulder thing. I think that's something he's going to deal with for a while here, but he's going to play through it. It's nothing that they believe will affect his snaps at all, and that's obviously huge because this team cannot survive if they don't have Saquon. Cannot. So that's where we stand. Let's get to uh, an interview right now with Wandale Robinson, the player who I believe has a chance right now to help elevate this offense and take them to a different level than they're at. On to the next one. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Feeling like you need a marketing degree and an extra day in your week to successfully market your small business? Let Constant Contact do the heavy lifting for you. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has powerful tools that make it easy to grow your audience, engage your customers, and sell more to boost your business. Now, in just a few clicks, you can launch a marketing campaign that's tailored to your business and goals. That includes email, social, SMS, and more. So you can sell more, raise more, and fast-track your business growth. Plus, you can always count on Constant Contact's award-winning customer support for guidance along the way. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Constant Contact. Helping the small stand tall. All right, let's welcome in Wandale Robinson, Giants rookie wide receiver, coming off really a, a breakout performance. I, I guess, Wandale, you score a touchdown, right? You come back, you had the injury in the opener, only played nine snaps. Do you almost look at this like this was this was your your debut, like this was your opener? Um, A little bit. Um, So, um, basically, I mean, I was like the first game, it didn't really count for me. I was like, I really didn't play. I really didn't feel like I did anything to contribute, so. Um, then so that's was, good. So then your first NFL game, like at least in our creative accounting world, you <laughs> score, you score a touchdown, uh, on 14 snaps, right? You get, uh, three, three catches, I believe on four targets, mm-hmm. led the team in, led the team in receiving. So pretty good debut. Congratulations. There you go. <laughs> Thank you. So you're running off the field afterwards, right? And they get, they got video of you and you say, where's eight at, where's eight at eight, obviously Daniel Jones. What was what was that all about? Like, wh- why were you? What were you looking for eight for Daniel Jones? And what's he doing carrying around a football? Like, he, like he took that football home. Was that your ball, or was he um, sentimental game for him, or what was that? <laughs> I don't know exactly what um, what he did with the ball, but um, that was just more of like um, just showing respect to him and um, just. I mean, he's kind of that leader, and he's just he fights a lot, and he's go he deals with a lot, deals with a lot of pain going through the games and things like that. So. Um, 
just seeing the fight that he has and the leadership that he shows, it was just, um, I just wanted to show him the respect that he deserves. So that's interesting because you know, you that you're talking about your first, like we just said, like your first career game where you, you played, you, you played from start to finish. You really got to play. You didn't end, end up leaving early and you're looking for your Daniel Jones. You're thinking about Daniel Jones afterwards. Yeah. I mean, um, <laughs> at the end of the day, I mean, he's our, that's our quarterback, that's our leader. And so, um, I mean, he's helped me in a big way just with the start that I've had and um, just helped me get to the point to get to this point right now. So, um, so what, how, how, how you say he's helped you in a big way. In what ways has he helped you? Has he been able to help you? Um, I mean, really just from the start, um, from the time that I got drafted, he texted me and just let me know. I mean, anything that I needed, um, just let, just hit him up. And um, from there, we just kind of grew a chemistry. We're just kind of always throwing and stuff like that. And um, him just inviting me to throw in sessions and, um, then eventually we all ended up going out to Charlotte and stuff like that. So, um, what was that like? like um, that was cool. It was just a bunch of the receivers and um, some of the quarterbacks out there, and we just all got to bond together. So, um, it was really cool. But um, just being able to like sit down with him and talk and just really just develop a relationship and how he wants things done on a football field and things like that. So, um, that's just allowed me to get to the point that I'm at. So. I got to find out like what's Daniel Jones about. Did he get a nice big house on Lake Norman? Is that, is that, is that how you guys hung out? Or is it, <laughs> is it like he hooks, he hooks you up? I, I need to find, you know, I need to know the real dirt on, on Daniel Jones. Does he, does he make sure your accommodations are set? Does he rent uh, like, the house? Yeah, he, does he, he Airbnb? He, I don't know exactly how he did it, but I mean, he made sure that we were in a good little setup. So um, he made sure that we were taken care of. <laughs> All right. So wait, I, Daniel Jones, last one on him for a second. I'm curious. You come in, right? What do you know about him? And what has surprised you about him so far then? Um, well, so actually what's funny, um, I was being recruited to Duke at the time that he was there. Get out, really? Um, yeah. Um, and so I took a visit out to Duke and I actually met him, um, met him there. And so um it was just kind of crazy to see it all come full circle and I get drafted here and um, I mean, he's just a really cool guy. So, did Duke never stand the chance? I mean, you're from Kentucky. You, get, you, you know, <laughs> well, you got you got the SEC school. Did Duke? Did Duke stand the chance? Well, so actually, yeah. So they had a receiver coach, and he was from Kentucky. Um, and then if you looked at Cutcliffe's history with it, with a bunch of his slot guys, a bunch of them yeah, just yeah. caught a bunch of balls. So, um, for me, that was really what I was kind of looking for whenever I was going to a college, which like kind of a place I could. Um, get on the field really early and just kind of make an impact just to show that um, I was a football player. So, Gotcha. So tell me, like, you, you're, you know, you get in the end zone the other day, big touchdown, right, uh, at the time, keeps the game, you know, the game is really tight at that point. What is going through your mind? What's that feeling like? We saw, we could almost see, like, the jubilation, you, you know, jump up and down, you're kind of, like, pretty much run around half the field. Yeah. No, I was like, I went blank. Like I really did. Like, I don't even really remember too much of it. Like after I just, I just remember catching the ball and seeing the pylon and I was just like, Oh yeah, you're about to score. And then after that, I don't really remember really what else. And then got back to the sideline. I'm just like, wow, I just really scored my first NFL touchdown. Did you have <laughs> the football in your hand at the time or did you get rid of in that excitement? Did you get rid of it and someone had to pick it up for you? How did that? What, what yeah, actually, whenever I got towards like the middle, of like the towards the goalpost, I threw the ball and then say uh, Saquon had actually picked it up um, and handed it to me. And then I ran over to ran over to the sideline and our equipment guys had gotten it for me. And, 
um, held it for me in the locker room. So, and the plan for that ball you mentioned going to your mother. Yep, yep, it's back home in Kentucky now. Okay, how many? What, what does it go with you guys? Do you have a collection of footballs, jerseys, stuff like that? Like, what, what, what have you, uh, what have um, you compiled so, so far to date? We have at this point now in our in my mom's house, we have what we call our middle room. It's this the extra room since it was really just me and her, um, living in the house, and so. Um, it has a bunch of my trophies and um, things like that. So it's just really kind of my accomplishment room and a, um, stuff. With, <laughs> the like, sh- the shrine to Wandale, right? Because <laughs> I'm assuming oh, I'm assuming you were a pretty great athlete growing up because I remember hearing a story. I believe you're, it was your dad <laughs> that was on an interview. And so you were such a good athlete that you he, – brought you to another town and you even like made up a name for you right like what was your fake name well so actually i was too young to play tackle football where i was actually from um so my dad was like all right if y'all are gonna say he's too young i'll just get a fake birth certificate and um move him take him somewhere else and um my name was daquan edwards uh for and then we had to drive 45 minutes every day to go to practice in louisville so uh, but yeah. Does did does anyone ever call you Daquan then? No, 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 no. Everybody eventually figured out that my name was not Daquan. <laughs> if somebody called you Daquan now, would you double take? What would your nah, reaction be? I, w- I wouldn't even I wouldn't even mind it. I would just kind of be like, oh, they're not talking. <laughs> well, so you were obviously a really good athlete though at the time. I mean, like if you're able yeah. to play, if you're able to basically, I guess you were too small or too young. What was it? I was too young. So okay. I was five and um the then you're eight- going and playing with older kids. So you're obviously yeah. good enough at that age to go mm-hmm. play with the older kids. Did you continue? Yeah. Did you always um, end up playing with the older kids or did you eventually come back down? Well, so it was kind of like whenever I started, cause like, it was like, I never played before, but I just started out playing with older kids. So it was nothing new to me. I guess you could say it was just like normal. Uh-huh. Um, but from there, I mean, my daddy, they just said that they had saw something in me with football and, um eventually the next year my city actually started tackle football with the kids my age so um I was essentially a year ahead of all the kids that started playing football and um where I was from at least and um basically I just had that year head start on everybody and um like none of the kids like to hit and I would just like to hit everybody so (laughs) so you you were uh you were a linebacker a safety what are we talking when you were younger at that age, a linebacker. Oh man, look at you! What do you, <laughs> yeah. what do you think? What do you think, linebacker these days? That uh, might be tough. That might be tough. Yeah, no, nah, <laughs> not not there. You don't you don't want a piece of Saquon, do you? Nah, I'm good on that. I'm <laughs> good on having to tackle Saquon the whole game. Two two hundred twenty pounds. Yeah, running backs coming at you these days. <laughs> you could probably do it that. You you should stick to to slot wide receiver. Mm-hmm. I think that, I think yeah. that's your spot. I'll so speaking. <laughs> yeah for sure so speaking of that like right that's kind of your role you're you're the mm-hmm. slot wide receiver so what are you expecting moving forward here like this week was sort of like the build-up week it seemed like for you and it seems like as we move forward here more and more is going to be put on your plate what do you what are you expecting in terms of role and moving forward here with the giants um i mean whatever the coaches want out of me um at the end of the day i just want to help our team win and um, whether that be uh, playing on the inside, playing on the outside and doing whatever they ask me to do, I'm going to do that. So 
um, I mean, just each week, it'll be a different week, different game plan. So um, I'm just going to take it week by week and do what I have to do. So how much did you do on the outside this summer? I don't remember seeing you on the outside a lot. I feel like they wanted you to, okay, you're a young guy, you're a rookie. Mm-hmm. You're probably a primary slot that we're going to, most of your time at least was spent in there. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, there's some formations and stuff like that where, um, we get moved around and things like that. So I do right. a little bit of different things, but, um, I mean, obviously just wherever, whatever they ask me to do and whatever they need me to do, I'm going to do it. So, and we, and I'm sure you'll be successful at it as well, because we've seen already, you know, first game, 14 snaps production immediately out of that. I'm curious what it is. We're, we're seeing all these, you know, this rookie class you guys have, right? I mean, a lot of guys are playing. A lot of guys are contributing. What did they do internally to make that possible? Um, I mean, I think it really just started with our mindsets coming in, and um, we were just open to the coaching. And um, I mean, that was what they wanted wanted out of us. They just wanted us to be sponges and um, just take it all in. And at the end of the day, um, they were going to give us our chances, and we just had to make the most of our opportunities whenever we got them. And um, right now, I feel like that's what a lot of us are doing, and um, we just have to continue upon that. Did they tell you that we need – hey, look, we need you guys to contribute immediately? Like, how – how when did you guys as a group, as rookie group, kind of realize that? I'm talking about, like, you, Bellinger, Neil, Thibodeau. Like, a lot of you guys really, from day one, almost were working with the first team. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we all felt like – I mean, at the end of the day, they drafted us for a reason. They didn't draft us to sit on the bench and um, just wait around and things like that. They wanted us to contribute and play and help this football team win, so – um, we didn't look at it as anything is um, where they were just giving us and throwing us right in, right into it. We just looked at it like where we had to earn it. and um, We just had to continue to show that we were going to try and get better every day. So have you felt at this point, right? This was, this was kind of your first week of getting to produce, but when you're not playing, that's kind of when you hear the fantasy football world, you know, be like, Hey, when you get in on the field, I got mm-hmm. you on my team. How much do you, have you experienced the fantasy element of it so far? And what's that like? Um, I mean, I've definitely gotten like tweeted at and uh, people DM me and things like that, but um, that doesn't bother me at all or anything like that. So um, at the end of the day, I just have to go out there and play football and uh, help my team win. That's really all that matters. So you well, let's go back to Kentucky for a bit, right? You played with Will Levis, quarterback, mm-hmm. big prospect. I, I've spoken to people think he's going to be, the number one pick potentially in this draft. Like they think he has a legit shot to be the top guy selected. What tell everybody, what is it about him that makes him special? Uh, Has Joe Shane talked to you about him yet? Cause I, we know, we know he went and we know he went and looked at him. He told Mm -hmm. us he went to Kentucky, uh, watched Kentucky, Florida, I believe it was. So have they talked to you about him yet? Have people asked you about him and what, what's makes him special? Um, I mean, you I mean if you look at him and well, you see him and you're just kind of like you play quarterback and you just kind of like raise your eyebrows because I mean you see how big he is and how he's built. And, um, I, that was my lift partner last year, so I've gotten to see him lift up close and personal and things like so that. You're so, saying he's yoked? Yeah, <laughs> he is. He's huge. Uh, yeah, he's I mean, he's, he's what probably like six four, two thirty, and okay, really all muscle for the most part. So, um, I mean. Um, I've seen him do some, I mean, some crazy weight for a quarterback. It's, it's, so he it's, could, he could bench more than you. Oh, no, he's, he's not benching. He, 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 they, the quarterbacks aren't because he's a quarterback. He doesn't bench. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're cleaning <laughs> and squatting and doing all that. And I'm just kind of, I'm like, yeah, that's pretty impressive. But, 
Um, I mean, and then whenever you just see him throw the football, I mean, the ball just jumps out of his hand. Um, I mean, it's kind of unlike most quarterbacks that I've ever really been around. Um, but, um, I mean, he, he can really just make all the throws out there on the field. I mean, um, whenever that pro day thing comes, I think it'll be one of those things that everybody's just kind of blown away with. Um, I don't know if any, if anybody's familiar with the TikTok video that he has that went viral of him just throwing the football. It was just, um, but give me, of, give me. I'm, I am unfamiliar with it. I am. Uh, well, I, I don't know. So give me, give before, me a rundown. What is so this? So before I actually, this is before he was my quarterback. Um, I guess he was training during COVID, and this video just went viral of the quarterback just like just zipping the ball and around and stuff. And then eventually he came to be my quarterback, and I was like, oh, this this guy. And so then, he he basically um, did the video when he was in high school. You're saying? No. So he was in the portal at the time, where he was. Ah. Uh, uh, okay. Or he hadn't hit the portal yet. It was one of those two. Right. Um, it was like right so before. It was like right before. Yeah. Um, like right before the blow up and all that. So um, I mean, that's that's just really him. And um, I mean, he's a really he's a really good leader. I mean, he got there in the summer with us and um he became one of our captains and things like that within what a month or two. So um I mean that just kind of goes to show how he is. So somebody comes to you, you know, an NFL, you know, personnel guy and say Tell me about Will Levis as a person. What do you What do you tell them? I mean, he's a great dude. Um, I mean, uh, I know. I mean, out there on the football field, he's really similar to DJ, where he's just gonna fight and um, really, no matter what he's kind of going through, he's just always gonna try and put that team first and um, just try to always get the job done. So, DJ's a big guy too, though. Yeah, like he, that. Like he's very DJ. Like DJ and him are DJ. He DJ is definitely faster than him. I can de- I can definitely tell you that. Okay. Uh, but uh, Will might be have like more of the like rocked up type, but they're very similar in size. Um, but yeah, I mean, I love, like they're both like the personalities with those two are pretty similar, and um, especially with how they are out there on the football field. Um, those are just guys that I would just go to battle with. Um, yeah, yeah, I could so. So we're gonna end here. We're gonna play a game. Ready? It's called Pick Your Giant. All right, I'm gonna name a category, and you're gonna tell me the giant player or teammate that you trust the most in this position. Ready? All right. All right. We'll start with this. We'll make number one an easy one. Your closest friend on the Giants is pick your giant. Closest friend on the Giant. Probably so Cordell Flott. Cordell Flott. All right. Another rookie third round pick out of LSU. Also trying to get back. So you probably spent some time in the uh, training room with him the past couple of weeks. Uh, you have to pick your bodyguard. Okay. You're taking a bodyguard. You're going out in Manhattan. You need a bodyguard to make sure you're protected. Right. Cause you got 10 touchdowns now and, then, <laughs> and you got to make sure nobody's going to mess with you in the club. Who are you bringing with you to serve as your bodyguard? Dexter Lawrence. Dexter Lawrence. Why Dex? I mean, it seems pretty obvious, but what? I mean, if, I mean, if I walked up somebody and I was trying to get with, and then he stepped in front of him, I wouldn't mess with him. I'd be like, nah, I'm good. He got it. <laughs> I mean, I get it. I I saw the video, you know, that you guys did as a team, and it was like, who, you know, who's the strongest in the weight room? And Dex got a lot of votes there. I, I saw that. Mm-hmm. I definitely, I definitely saw that. He's he's a beast in the in the weight room, I guess, as well. I mean, I would definitely. I mean, if you see how big he is, it's kind of inevitable. Um, so, um, I've never like physically just watched him lift. So, um, I. I'm sure he puts up some crazy numbers. Yeah, um, I mean, that would not surprise. When you see that as the name, you're like, okay, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, you know. Yeah. 
All right, so you need a stylist, right? You're getting an outfit together, big night. I got a big date. You got a big date night. I'm going. You're putting an outfit together. You need to go and get that advice. You're going to pick your giant. Tyrod. Tyrod, yes, I can see that, no doubt. Tyrod comes in. He's got, Tyrod's got some nice pregame outfits for sure. Yeah, Tyrod. What's it about his style that you like? I mean, Tyra, he's just different. Um, I mean, he's not always going to put on some, something that everybody else can wear. Um, and, I mean, with me, I've seen Ty put on some stuff, too, like just whenever he's going out and stuff, just being with him. Um, we're with the same agency, so um, we've been been able to be around him whenever, like outside of football and outside of the pregame uh, outfits. And so I've seen a couple of just regular outfits, and I'm just like, yeah, he, he got it. Okay. I'm down with that. I I could – he would have definitely – if I if I made a list, I – who you might pick, he would probably be near the top. So I'm not surprised there either. You're gonna change. You're, you're stuck on the side of the road. Okay, you're driving to work one morning. Uh oh, your tire get a flat tire, right? You need somebody to come and take care of your tire, right? You 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 can't do it for whatever reason at the moment. You need to get call someone that you trust that you think can change your tire and take care of your car. Who is it? Austin Allen. Austin Allen. Why Austin Allen? Um, well, so I actually went to school with Austin Allen for two years at Nebraska. So, um, right. I know Austin pretty well and I just know, um, he definitely knows how to change a tire. And I know that Austin's one of those kind of people that, um, really whenever you need something, like if you're really in dire need, he would definitely uh, be there for you. So, all right, now here's, here's a tough one because you don't mess with the man's money. Right. But you, you get as somebody needs a loan, right. You're loaning out. I don't know. Too much money, right? But uh-huh. you're you're a good guy, so you're gonna do it. Which guy are you willing to loan the money to, knowing that you're gonna get that money back? Pick your giant. Knowing I'm going to get the money back. Feeling confident you're gonna get that uh-huh. money back, and end in a timely manner because, like, yeah, it's one thing guys pay you back, but if they pay you back over ten years, it's like, yeah, come on, man, you know. I would say uh, Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay. Why Kenny Galladay? Kenny, Kenny, just honest dude. Kenny, Kenny, honest dude, and he always gonna be up front with you. He ain't ever, he ain't gonna play. He ain't gonna play with you. You know what? That's I get that. I totally get that because we always say that about Kenny. Like that's why we love talking to Kenny as like the media. Like Kenny comes out, he's gonna say what's on his mind. He's gonna be honest with you. He's gonna tell you the real deal. So I totally get that. Yeah, there you go. All right, I like those choices. You you crushed it there. You didn't, <laughs> you didn't really get mad. You get me scratching my head too much. Like a. A lot of it makes sense. You're 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 really validating what we think of guys so far. Right? So I, I like it. I appreciate it, man. Uh, yeah, appreciate- nothing but continued success for you, Wandell. Yeah, I appreciate it. And we'll uh, we'll do it again soon. Thanks a lot, man. For sure. On to the next one. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. 
All right, that's Wandale Robinson right there, the rookie wide receiver out of Kentucky. Look for him to make an impact here as we move forward. You already saw it the other day. He was clearly their best receiver. Their, he was their, he's essentially was their number one receiver in 14 snaps. I mean, look at the production. Daniel Jones went right to him. I'm not saying he's a great player, but he's a decent quality NFL wide receiver even at the moment, and the Giants, quite frankly, don't really have that. So adding him to the mix certainly should help. Uh, we're going to wrap this episode up here with a little quick Jordan on the beat, and then we'll get out of here. This is where I tell you what it's like to cover the NFL, work for ESPN, or cover the Giants in general. And what I'm talking about here is, so we're back in the locker room this year. I've talked about this before. Now, Brian Dable has created uh, quite the dilemma. Unintentionally. He has no idea. what I'm, If I brought this up to him, he have no idea what I'm talking about. So the way it works after the game is the locker room opens about, like, it's supposed to be like a cool-down period, let's say 10 to 15 minutes. Coach comes out, he talks. Brian Dable takes a decent while to get out and talk. So then he comes and talks, and the locker room is kind of like open, like around the, opens right around the same time that Brian Dable comes out to talk. So then Brian Dable talks after the game for 10 to 15 minutes, and the locker room's open for 10 to 15 minutes. In that 10 to 15 minutes, a lot of guys talk, get out of the locker room. So the dilemma is the way this is set up now is you have to make a decision, right? You either go to if you go to Brian Dable, you're gonna miss a bunch of guys in the locker room. You go to the locker room, you miss any key pertinent points with the coach, Brian Dable, which is an important thing. So I'm kind of stuck at the at the moment of deciding what's the better move for me. Because I'm a I'm a lone wolf. I'm the only man in there for ESPN at the moment. Right, like some places, like the Athletic, they got two people. The New York Post always has, you know, who knows how many people to home games. You know, they'll probably have like four. I'm the lone wolf for ESPN and covering the Giants right now. So I got a big decision to make every game. And Brian Dable could be rather dry, but especially during the week. But after games, he's a little more emotionally. You can feel that juice and the energy. Sometimes he's a little bit better. So I'm trying to weigh... What's the better option? Do you want to hear from some of the players? Do you want their quotes after the game? Is it more important to get the key news after the game from Brian Dable? Or is this something that I'm going to have to make the decision about, okay, did anything big happen that I need to talk to Brian Dable? No, nothing happened. Let me go to the locker room. Let me get Kayvon Thibodeau after his first career sack before he gets out of the locker room. Now, fortunately, caught him walking out the door, basically grabbed him for a few extra questions real quick on the way out the door. But the chance is... I can miss somebody like that. So it's a real, you know, you're, you're weighing the options. The pros, it's a real pros and cons type of thing that you're trying to figure out there. And these are, this is, these are some of the things you have to deal with. And, and it's a little different because this is post-COVID. So we haven't been in the locker room for a few years. The whole locker room setup, it's a new regime, new coach. Some of the coaches, and this is ideal, coach comes out pretty quick. Gives a speech in the locker room, comes out right away. He's out within five or ten minutes. The locker room then doesn't open until 15 minutes. So you get the coach quickly. By the time you're done with the coach, then the locker room's just open. That's ideal for the reporter. It's not the setup with the Giants right now. So I'm kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. Got some decisions to make. Got to kind of got to kind of reevaluate myself here. Reevaluate how to handle this. What's the best way to handle this? And what's best for you 
the audience, the readers, the listeners. Like, what do you want? So I'm open to all suggestions. That's it for this episode of Breaking Big Blue. As always, like, subscribe, tell your friends, the best Giants podcast out there. Who else is giving you all that little info, those little nuggets on the injuries? Me. That's what I'm here for. That's why you want to listen to me, I hope. I don't know. i got to provide some value, don't I? Hope I provide some value. At least entertainment, maybe. Anyway, I'm Jordan Ronan. You're listening to Breaking Big Blue. See you next time.